1: Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman. And I'm excited about this one because every single time, whether I'm doing a mock draft or answering questions uh, that are emailed to me, I constantly go back to this idea of, well, what is the 49ers' biggest need? And so if we go through the positional value of the NFL, which has shifted dramatically, and if we look at just kind of the roster that is the 49ers before the NFL draft, I think it tells a story. And, you know, the 49ers, they've plugged a lot of holes. And so they they build in free agency right before the draft in a way that they can go into the NFL season with what they have. And the draft is just bonus. We redshirt more players than anybody else in the NFL. Um, We don't like to play rookies unless it's through injury or whatever else. And so I got this question. Um, From Vince on Patreon, which if you haven't joined us on Patreon, head over there. 49ers Rush Podcast Patreon. Just type that in Google. First thing that pops up. He asked this. Rank the most uh, – He sorry, here's the exact question, and here's where I got this from. He says, hey, John, maybe a question for the pod. Does the lack of free agent signings at defensive tackle suggest that they want to target that early in the draft? Somebody like a Travis Jones, et cetera. Now, from that question, I went – man. Let's figure it out. Let's rank every single position group all the way down, and let's see where they come up with. So I ranked 12 separate position groups because I grouped some of them together, even though there's 22 starters. You know, I grouped guards together, ends together, defensive tackles together, linebackers together, safeties together, on and on and on. I actually had – so we're going to go 1 through 12, but I want to answer Vince's question first. I finished with defensive tackles at number 8, out of 12 groups, so on the back end of that, and kind of here's my my understanding for the defensive tackle group. One, you have two starters. Now, there's question marks with everybody. There's no doubt about it. Armstead, when they moved him inside, changed the defense. Uh, it, it changed it overnight like that. Boom. Fred Warner's play instantly went up. That's where he belongs. Javon is coming off ACL surgery. Now, he's had a lot of time. Uh, same guy that did his surgery did Jimmy G's and Bosa's as well those turned out well you can only hope that you're going to get those same type of results if you do you're going to be just fine that's two quality starters a lot of draft compensation and financial cap uh you know capital capital being put into that now, behind them, you've got Givens and Hurst, the Bravo group, no issues there. And Ridgeway, as that kind of number five guy, Chris Slayton is a practice squad candidate. I doubt he's going to make the 53, but that kind of rounds that out. So could you use another defensive tackle? Of course you could. Yeah, there's no doubt. And this front office values uh, strong defensive tackles as much as anybody in the NFL, perhaps. But remember this. We run a lot of NASCAR package groups where we put four defensive ends out there on the D-line. So the defensive tackles for the 49ers, they really have one job and one job only. That's stop the run and clog up the middle. And then any pass rush help they bring, that's just bonus. I mean, the fact that Armstead, who's probably truer DE than a DT... Getting the snarter steps there kind of suggests that in and of itself. So that's why I put defensive tackles there at eight. Now, if let's say they drafted somebody like a Travis Jones or a Logan Hall out of Houston, some defensive tackles that, you know, are are higher up on some of these grade scales, yeah, Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma, Fedarian Mathis, DeMarvin Leal, like there are guys out there that fit that mold. But I don't think that's the route they're going to go if that I could be wrong. There's no doubt about it And i've heard some other 49ers, you know content creators and podcasters putting some stuff out there That do fit that narrative now my number one need This is the biggest need for me on the team And I think it's a testament to how they've built this roster because I don't think it's a gigantic need My biggest need is slot corner A lot of people don't value that position at all me in today's nfl. I look at it and say, huh 74% 74% on average snaps are in the defenses in the nickel package. So that's gigantic to me. And even if you say, okay, we're going to start you know, Mosley and Ward outside, and then a nickel you kick in Mosley and bring in Ambry Thomas to the other outside corner, I'm cool with that. Which means if you're going to do that, you are one injury away from number 27 getting starter snaps again. I don't think that's really what anybody wants. Now, you could say, okay, Diamador Lenore, that's cool as well. That's a big question mark. He looked great in training camp in the preseason. But after that, yeah, it kind of faded. We we don't know. Um, he went back to the bench. And, again, they want Demo on the inside. So, again, if one of those guys gets injured, now what happens on the outside? Now, I can say this, that I do believe the 49ers are very, very high on Darquez-Denard, who they brought in and spot duty and re-signed him to another uh, – year-long deal, but that's still not comforting. I'm tired of 49ers not having depth at cornerback, and especially whenever you look into the division of the 49ers, that's every single team's roster construction and number one building project. Win your division. Look at your slot-wide receivers. Cooper Cup, best in the NFL at slot-wide receiver, right? Tyler Lockett, incredible. Rondell Moore, incredible. Win your division. I'm tired of that slot fade. I'm tired of it. Get somebody that can shut that shit down. That's what I want. Um, That's why I have it higher because, again, cornerback depth is so important. You addressed outside corner with the signing of Charvarius Moore for $13.5 million a year. That was great. Now let's shore up the inside. Why not have a plethora, some depth, where if we have one or two injuries in the secondary, which is going to happen— You don't have to jeopardize your entire defensive philosophy. That's just my own personal thing. Now, here's some good news, and I need y'all's help for this one. So uh, you guys got to respond to this one because I need your help here. All right, the NFL draft is so close, baby. I'm so excited. And obviously, we're throwing the amazing downtown party in Las Vegas on the strip with Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, And if you haven't got your tickets, go do that, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. But if you can't, and for some reason you can't make it to Vegas, guess what? We're bringing it to you we're going to bring you the best day one and day two NFL coverage we're going to have Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell live on air during the NFL draft and you know again if you're coming to the party and you got your tickets you're going to get to meet and hang out with them if not you still have that opportunity because they're going to be live on air on this channel so hit subscribe, make sure you watch the draft with us, days one and two. And actually, if you have a question, you want to know what it's like for them to go through their draft process. You have questions about the, NF- the 49ers team this year. Go ahead and submit those to me through email. 49 Podcast at gmail.com we'll sift through those and we'll ask both Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell a lot of your leading questions um, live on air during the draft so make sure you tune in hit that subscribe button join us for days one and day two 49ers centric coverage with over seven 49ers content creators and two 49ers live from the NFL draft we've got you covered here on the 49ers Rush Podcast so go ahead and hit subscribe and join us days one and day two of the nfl draft did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks you can turn ten dollars into a thousand with basketball hockey college basketball entries today on prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and here's what's great it, it
2: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, my number two positional need that the 49ers have, and this isn't one that's set at starters. Starters are set. The wide receiver position, they have three starters. Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, love it. After that... It gets rough i understand that they signed ray ray mcleod i get that but the wide receiver position in the way in which the 49ers use it when debo goes into the backfield or debo gets a long run or Ayuk gets a long catch or whatever you have to rotate in and out wide receivers and in 2021 i felt that it was a problem because when you didn't have debo and iuke out there the offense stalled considerably I don't want that happening anymore. Now, Travis Benjamins, not around. Trent Shurfield's not around. Those were the two guys that were coming in to replace them. Yeah, I get Ray-Ray McLeod. He's a gadget guy, but I don't think that's really a wide receiver type guy that you want out there running all the routes. Malik Turner, just a guy. Marcus Jones, good metrics, but again, not consistent. Keyshawn Johnson, Alex Mack, Connor Weddington. You just fill that out with some special teams players that have a little bit of wide receiver history. You need a fourth guy. You need one. That's why I think it's important for the 49ers. One, nine out of 40 picks since John Lynch and Kyle Shannon showed up have been for the wide receiver. I expect that to continue. You've had hits with Debo and Ayuk, but you've got to find some more depth so that if one, an injury takes place, the offense isn't crippled, which I don't think it will be with Kittle there as well, but make it easier for Trey Lance. How do you do that? Get him some depth, get him some targets. The good news is, this draft is peppered with tons and tons and tons of wide receivers. So you don't have to go with that pick 61. You can wait till 93 or 105 and still get a key contributor um, in this draft. And I expect them one of those picks, one of those first three picks, and I know the 49ers jump up and down, it's going to be a wide receiver. You look at the you know draft interviews that they've had, it's going to be a wide receiver. Kyle Shanahan needs that. Um, it's going to be... A wide receiver, I'm telling you that right now. Number three, the number three need is center. This is a big deal to me. One, I think it's a premium position on the offensive line. I think it goes left tackle, right tackle, center, then way down below is the guard position. I, I know a lot of people would prefer me put guard here over center, but Kyle Shanahan I don't think would. You look at the money whenever he first came into the 49ers head coaching job, he spent big on center, Weston Richburg. Didn't work out because of injuries. Uh, once that didn't pan out, guess what? He spent big money to go get um, Mac. Well, where's Mac now? We don't know. Just got married in the offseason to Ireland. Congrats to him. We have had no positive confirmation that he is returning A little bit of a Joe Staley situation a few years ago. I hope he comes back, and even if he does, you might get one more year out of him. He is not the long-term answer. And again, if he comes back, I want him to start. He did great last year, uh, solidifying the offensive line. We had a good offensive line for the majority of the year. But what if, if Mac does decide to hang up his cleats, this one shoots up to number one, in my opinion. The most important. Yeah, you got Jake Brindle. But if you remember back, the 49ers cut him last year on in the initial 53, had the chance for him to get claimed by somebody else, and then brought him in when they moved Maurice Hurst to IR, short-term IR. So, yeah, they like Brindle, and he put up some good tape. I don't think he's the long-term answer at center. So, um, again, you continue that red shirt draft philosophy. Draft a center this year and have him sit. Maybe have them compete at guard if that's your philosophy, and then kick them inside. Cool with that. No problem with that whatsoever. But I think center's a much bigger need than most analysts are even talking about. And that's even if Mac is coming back. If Mac's not coming back, then it's the pinnacle, the number one, the top priority this off season. Number four, and again, people are going to disagree with me, but hear me out first. Running backs. Running backs are a big need in this offense. We saw what happened. It was Elijah Mitchell and Debo. That was it. Debo cannot continue to get that many carries in the backfield. You want to get them two to three carries a game? Fine. Four carries a game? All right, if it's close. Seven to nine? No way. (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to sign up for that, including Debo. Um It's just not sustainable over 17 games in a playoff run to get that many carries plus routes and all those things. And again, go back to this idea. What what do we have? We have bodies. There are lots of positions that the 49ers have where there's a lot of guys there. But I don't think that means it's quote unquote where they want it to be. So let's go through it. Jeff Wilson, he's the number two guy with the way it ended last year. He didn't get one carry. Zero carries the last five 49ers games. Zero. He got snaps. They used him as basically an additional fullback. I don't have confidence not giving him carries whenever it mattered, right? Trey Sermon, you traded up in the third round for him last year. Uh, Didn't really pan out last year. Who knows? Now, the offseason workouts that uh, videos have been coming out, they look great. Looks leaner. His feet look way better. But again, who knows there? There's still question marks. Ideally, I think the 49ers want Trey Sermon to take that number two role, which would be awesome. But that's a big question mark. Hasty. He's a third down back. That's kind of all he's going to be. Um, Low end, undrafted free agent. And that's okay. But again, not somebody you're hanging your hat on. I know that they have hit on the running back position in very late rounds. I understand that. But I also don't think you can count on it. Uh, you know, one of the, the arguments I get all the time is like, oh, well, just look at Tom Brady. He got drafted 199. Okay, cool. Like, you keep taking quarterbacks that pick 199, and let's see how many of those are going to turn into Tom Brady. My guess is going to be none. Um, and, yeah, maybe there are, there are some late-end running backs. But if somebody like James Cooks falls, I'm going to be on this. I'm going to be preaching this one. If James Cook falls, that is a difference maker that the 49ers could use and could change the offense. Make it non reliant on people like Debo or as much reliant on people like Debo. Um, Allow Debo to be Debo. Don't force so much to him to where he can't be sustained. That's what I'm saying. Number five, right tackle. Now, this one and the next position are very, very similar. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. I think Mike McGlinchey is who they want there. That's who I want there. But that injury scares me. This is not an anti-Mike McGlinchey you know, rant. That's not what it is. I think Mike McGlinchey is an above-average, run-blocking, right tackle in the NFL, which is what Kyle Shanahan values. Does he have some blunders in the passing game? For sure he does. Has he improved in those? He has not. But you look across the NFL, and especially with our salary cap, are you wanting to pay a top-end right tackle? I don't think that's really what they want to do. Now, this is Mike McGlinchey's last year on his deal, even if he does play. So, back to the idea of the redshirting philosophy. Do you draft a right tackle and have him sit? And if McGlinchey becomes an all-pro player, great. You keep him. If he doesn't, you allow the young guy to step in and save a lot of money on the cap. I think that's kind of what the 49ers would like to do. Now, there are a lot of guys there. School, McKivich, Jalen Moore, Alfredo Gutierrez. Like, there's guys... Not not too sure if, if McGlinchey's not healthy to start week one. I do not feel confident at all in one of those guys protecting the right side of Trey Lance. I just don't like it. Number six, very similar to the previous position, the safety position. Who starts opposite Ward, right? The left tackle uh, left tackle spot. You've got Trent Williams, the best in the business. Right tackle's a question mark. Safety, you got Jimmy Ward. He's so reliable, so great. Who's going to go opposite of him? Again... You got a lot of depth. Ufunga, Tarverius Mori just signed George Odom. Great players. Are they starters in the NFL at the safety position? I don't know. If I had to bet on any of these three, it'd be Hufunga by a mile. His instincts and just playmaking ability are awesome. I know a lot of people dog his coverage. But if you look back at the 49ers whenever they were playing the Packers, it came down to the play of the game. Guess who they left in single high to Devontae Adams' side and made the play? It was Talano Hufunga. So I think the 49ers want him to earn that role. Remember, they took away snaps from a healthy tart to give to Hufunga. Whether you like him or not, I know a lot of people don't like him, 49ers do now could they bring in somebody to compete with them sure especially if somebody falls but do the 49ers value the safety position enough to draft somebody in the second or third round i would argue they do not they never have the only 49ers that they have drafted this current front office john lynch kyle shanahan was Tarverius Moore they drafted him in the third round and what did they do they moved him to corner for the first two years (laughs) so like they do not draft safeties Um, now before anybody says oh they drafted Tart and Jimmy Ward in the first round not this front office that was a previous front office of the 49ers Um, so it doesn't seem like they value safety near as much as other positions and they're almost kind of fine with whoever is back there Um, you know if they were going to sign Tart I think they would have done so by now but we'll have to see um you know the fact that tart's still out there and no team has brought him. i think it kind of shows you they're fine being with whatever's back there they do not value that position near as much as others because of the money safeties don't get paid a lot unless you're the seattle seahawks and you don't know how to build a roster that's a whole nother story all right number seven my seventh biggest need this one i want to push it up higher it's offensive guards. But I know how Kyle Shanahan thinks. We've heard him say it's not easy to beat out Daniel Brunskill. It's not. Um, Banks, they redshirted him last year. He's going to be stepping into Lakin Tomlinson's spot. Uh, Kyle Shanahan again said, Yeah, we thought he was ready to start last year at left guard. Um, now, there are lots of people that don't. Have a lot of confidence in banks and rightfully so. Not arguing against that, but I'm telling you right now, Kyle Shanahan doesn't care about the guard position. They traded up, they traded back last year. You remember when teams select somebody in the first few rounds of the draft, they tell you a lot about how they think about them. Do they stay there and pick them? All right, that's cool. Do they trade up and pick them? That means they love them. Do they trade back and pick them? That means, all right, we'll do it if and that's what it is. All right, we'll do it if. That's how they saw Aaron Banks. They sat him for a year. He looked bad in the few snaps he did have, but they're going to plug him into Lakin's spot, and that's kind of what it's going to be. Now, the guys behind him, if Banks doesn't work out, uh, again, Colton McKivitt's played some guard. Jalen Moore, they when they drafted him, they said they wanted him to play guard. Then he was taking snaps at tackle, so we'll have to see here. They usually only keep three, so I don't know. Part of me says, you know, what my ideal situation would be to get a guard-center combo guy that could compete at guard this year, then move into center when Mac hangs it up. That would be ideal. But I don't fully expect this front office to really care about the guard position. They can literally plug anybody in there. At least that's their philosophy. Not saying I agree with that. I just don't see them valuing the guard as a very high position after spending the second on Banks last year, and having Brunskill. Shanahan loves Brunskill, loves that guy. Now, some other things I love, some baseball, baby, and it is baseball season. All right, guys, excited to tell you about the Giant Cocktails podcast. It's a weekly podcast where they cover the San Francisco Giants, which, man, we need that now more than ever. And these are two great dudes, Ben and Matthew. They're awesome, and they start every single episode – where they make some unique type of cocktail then they go on these alcohol fueled rants about baseball and all these things. So head over there. It's awesome. It's a very fun podcast. Really feels like you're just hanging out with, you know, two really cool guys um, and they go through everything. And you know, one of my favorite things about sports podcasts, maybe I'm not that good at this, is just the comedy and the camaraderie that they bring about this. So, get caught up with the Giants while learning how to make great tasting cocktails and i'm telling you this it doesn't get better than this if you haven't checked it out yet head over there uh, wherever you get your audio podcast giant cocktails podcast trust me they're worth the effort go check it out you're gonna love it and let them know the 49ers rush podcast sent you all right let's keep moving on my number nine biggest need the tight end position Um, Now, this is a wild one because, obviously, you got George Kittle. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. And you've got your one-two punch with George Kittle and Charlie Warner, who has increased earning playing time. But this is one of those positions that I I would not be shocked. If you look at the positional value of the NFL draft and kind of where those first tight ends might go off the board at the end of the second round and third round, man, there could be a playmaker just sitting there that Kyle Shanahan just says, you know what, Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, Jeremy Rocha, Jelani Woods, hmm, might be one of those guys that they fall in love with and they want to do that kind of cool two tight end set if somebody falls to the third round. I don't think it's going to happen. But, uh, again, I can make the argument for it or against it. They brought back Ross Dwelly, who saw his playing time basically vanish. Uh, seems like he didn't get any love for anywhere else in free agency and just basically came back on a, a minimum deal. So you've got three guys there that you're happy with, but yeah, you could bring some more playmaking ability to that position. There's no doubt. Number 10, 10 biggest draft need or positional need before the draft for the 49ers linebacker now i think this is the best three-man linebacking group in the nfl right now with warner aziz and greenlaw they're incredible now i know a lot of people are saying oh they should trade one of these guys i don't think they should keep them allow this to be a strength of your team earn the compensation pick the next year which the 49ers seem to be very happy with doing Allow these studs to play out their rookie contract. Let them go get paid elsewhere. Get your third, fourth, fifth comp pick next year. Um, probably with these linebackers, it'd be around the fifth round compensation level. They love Demetrius Flanagan-Faus, who is a backup uh, there. He played great in spot duty last year. They signed Oren Burks. I just don't see this as a huge need this year. However, if they want to go back with this, Red shirt philosophy. Let's draft somebody in the fifth or sixth round that's a linebacker. Let them sit, be on special teams, whatever else. When Greenlaw or Aziz sign elsewhere, one of them, if hopefully we don't lose them both, you allow this guy to step up um so i could see them drafting a linebacker uh now if they trade one of them then i think you would have to draft a linebacker but they've got guys that they like warner's not going anywhere and i think you keep either aziz or greenlaw uh we'll have to see uh, how that plays out and if you want to go back and listen to my you know drake greenlaw versus aziz argument i got a whole episode on that you can just kind of uh, search for that in youtube chapman aziz versus greenlaw to pull up uh right away number 11 out of 12 The 11th biggest need. Defensive ends. I don't think it's much of a need at all. They have so many guys. Obviously, Bosa is elite. One of the best of the best. Should have been an all-pro player last year. Um, But this is the second... Most important position in the NFL. And for the 49ers, it's definitely the second. Look at what they draft, right? They draft defensive linemen. That's basically all they do. Now, they have a lot of depth, and they have signed in a way that they already have 12 stud defensive linemen. Guys usually only keep 10. But go through the depth. Bosa at the top for sure. After that, Samson. Charles O'Minney, who I think is going to have a big year. Kerry Hyder, you got on the cheap. You bring back Jordan Willis on the cheap. Kamiko Terre who you just signed, he's just going to be a pass rusher guy. Jordan Willis, who had maybe the biggest play of the year for the 40 Irons with that block, blocked punt against Green Bay. And you got Alex Barrett, who's been on this roster and uh, practice squad for years and years and years. So you've got so many guys there. And if things get weird with injuries, you can bump Eric Armstead back out. Having said that, you don't need to draft one of these I could totally see them still drafting a defensive end first, an edge rusher first in the draft, just because of how they value the position. Now, you look at the official visits. They have had in twice as many edge rushers than they have any other position group. Uh, You only get 30, and almost all of them have been used on these edge rusher guys that are going to be there in the second, third rounds. So it's, it's, it's a luxury thing, but again, in the back of your mind, in back of my mind, at least. You look at when you had Nick Bosa and D Ford for those eight games. You only had it for eight games. It was the best defense in the NFL. I mean, they were winning with defense. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch saw that. They know what it could be. And so if you could have the opportunity to mimic that with another player similar to D4's capabilities in the draft, I don't think you hesitate. And even though this is the 11th out of 12 needs, positional groups, it supersedes so many other ones because of the premium position that it is. It costs so much to get pass rushers. So you get somebody on a cheap deal that you're going to keep for four years, mm, I don't know, I would not be shocked at all to see that first pick be a defensive end. And the last of 12 positions that are the biggest need for the 49ers heading into the NFL draft. It's quarterback. (laughs) And again, man, if you were a team, you would want to be solid at two positions, quarterback and edge rushers. Well, guess what? The 49ers are there. Obviously, you traded all that draft capital to go get Trey Lance. I love how aggressive this front office is in going and getting the people that they want. They went up there and they got him. You still got Jimmy Garoppolo there, which might piss a lot of people off. But let's look at it from a different perspective. We have the most... Deep quarterback room in the NFL draft. Is there another number one and number two quarterback room in the NFL that is even competitive with what we have? I don't think so. Uh, now, is it a appropriate means of distribution of draft capital and financial capital? No, it's not. It's not even close. But if there's not a market out there, I can tell you this. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be released. Kyle Shanahan has said it repeatedly. We are not going to release Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's a good quarterback of the NFL. And if we can't trade him, then we'll keep him and let him walk. If you let him walk next year, guess what? You get a third-round compensation pick. And this whole year, again, that's not my argument. That is what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are saying. Let Jimmy walk. That's fine. Let him stay on the roster this year. If Trey gets hurt, he steps in. Then you're fine. I mean, it's a it's an awesome parachute plan. Well, the great Char, uh, Charlie Casserly, who, by the way, was the general manager for the Houston Texans whenever Kyle Shanahan was the receiver coach there. Uh, Charlie Casserly, he always says it is an East Coast thing. The most important position in the NFL is the quarterback. <laughs> the second most posi- important position is the backup quarterback. Right? Like that's the the mindset that Kyle has been has coached under. Is this how we wanted this to go? No. They wanted to trade Jimmy, the surgery, the timing of the surgery, whatever. It hasn't worked out well. Now, if an injury happens, cool. It will, let me pause that. If an injury happens, that sucks. First and foremost, people, humanity first. However, from the 49ers structural program and trading of player assets, that is where that would go. Thanks, Sam Bradford trade, um, the Eagles, you know, all that stuff with Teddy Bridgewater, all that stuff. That's kind of the situation you're looking for. And the backup position is ah, we're just moving into this year with two quarterbacks. It's just what we're going to do. Jimmy's been a great locker room guy. I love Jimmy. I appreciate what he's done for this franchise. Is it time for him to move on? Sure. But he kind of sunk all opportunities of a trade with the timing of what happened. Now there's the Panthers. <laughs> That's really the only landing spot that is left that you can see that would want a bridge quarterback. And perhaps they don't even want him. I don't know. I. We'll have to see there. So walking away from this, I'll say this. Worst case scenario, you have the deepest quarterback room. There are worse things. There are much, much worse things. But I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Uh, that was fun just looking back through it. And if you disagreed with some of those, let me know. Throw that up in the, the comments. Email me, 49 podcast at gmail.com. Tell me how awful I am. Tell me how right I am. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to get one of those What's it? a But that's okay, guys. Really appreciate it. And as always, stay strong and faithful.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place